What's happening, everybody? My name is Julius. I'm Brian. That's Brian, and he's ready to talk about some DC stuff. It's yes. still a year of villainy, Brian. Uh, yes, it is indeed the year and month of villainy, of course. Right. Here we are, and we're going to talk about, in my opinion, one of the ultimate villains in the DC catalog. Um, Animal Mineral Festival Man. We finally got the episode, okay. folks. Uh, you're done. You're, here, let me just take care of that. Of course. You you muted yourself. Oh, I meant to mute <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we are here to talk about Lex Luthor, the criminal mastermind of the DC universe. The Mark Zuckerberg of the DC. Hey, 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 hey. no, goddammit. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on a second. We're not we're not getting to that one immediately. Immediately, okay? of course. Of course. First, we have to establish Lex Luthor <laughs> as a character, what we know him for. So, Brian, you're not the biggest Superman fan, but what do you know about Lex Luthor? Uh, well, from my personal experience of Lex Luthor and reading about him, watching movies about him, he is a businessman, a corporate businessman who hates the idea. Well, not the idea of Superman, but really hates the practice of Superman, who he is, and mm. thinks that he is a national threat. Sort of like Amanda Waller, but not in the sense of that Amanda Waller wants Superman's uh, following, but Lex does want Superman's following. He wants people to perceive him as the ultimate savior of humanity instead of this random guy, this farm boy, this <laughs> no life in his opinion. As Kevin Smith put it, that effing alien. <laughs> that freaking alien yeah i think i think that's a pretty good way of putting it uh he's very similar to amanda waller in terms of uh, uh, like she's skeptical right he's cynical about superman like he's willing to do whatever he needs to do to get rid of him and at first it seems like well, there's no real logical reason, right? Like, are you going, Lex, are you going to be the one to stop the plane from crashing? Are you going to catch the meteor? Are you going to fight dark side? He'll try to, but he'll fail because he's not Clark Kent. He's not Superman. Right. And I think that's where a lot of the jealousy of his character comes from. You know, you don't hate so heavily on a, a guy unless you admire something about them. You know, and I think there's a lot of jealousy and admi secret admiration towards Superman that Lex Luthor has. And I think that's a really fascinating part of the character. And it, that has been depicted in many versions of the character, whether it be comics or shows or films even. Uh, which version of Lex are you most, uh, which one do you know the most? Uh, personally, just the animated uh, versions. So uh, Lex Luthor from Batman, Brave and the Bold, and mostly from the video games. Uh, mm -hmm. I believe I watched the Kevin Spacey movie. Uh, okay. At the time, I, at the time I enjoyed it. Uh, I watched it Superman again, Returns. Like, yeah, Superman Returns. Uh, when I when I watched it again, I actually kind of enjoyed it as well. I didn't really find a whole plot, whole lot of problems besides from Kevin Spacey himself. <laughs> we'll get but, to uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to edit that out no we're no, gonna uh, get to that we're gonna get to that of course uh but um no yeah um my personal experience is that and by I the way i'm gonna edit it uh you saying i love kevin spacey oh in my that god 
I swear. <laughs> it's just going to be like a bunch of pop-ups. <laughs> yeah, I love Kevin. I endorse. No, um, I think I like the uh, Injustice version of Lex Luthor mm. the most from just what I've seen. Uh, I think uh, he is sort of in that game more less of a villain, but more of a like anti-hero you know he yeah understands what super well he doesn't understand what superman is going through but he does understand that superman at that point is vulnerable you know he just killed his wife and he just killed his unborn child and stuff and lex sort of understands that he is at this vulnerable state of anger and hatred and he's willing to take it out on anyone that he deems necessary to take it out and lex is taking that opportunity of his public viewing as an evil person and using that to become sort of like a savior-esque uh, hero towards the people of metropolis and saying see i told you superman he was going to lose his mind i told, I told you. you they all thought it was crazy <laughs> The only one who was sane around here. And also, he, he looks like Bruce Willis, which is the funniest part. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, it almost makes me want Bruce Willis to play him in a film. Mm. You know, would that be something else? That be that would be something else. Go break that alien to the ground. <laughs> Beat him down. Break him to the ground. I'm going to do it for the family. <laughs> it's all parties. It's all parties. <laughs> it's all parties. Uh, I love Lex Luthor. I think he's a perfect villain. A perfect... Um, opposite to superman because he mm. represents the corporate nation of america the the cynical side of this country of the world really and he plays on that when it comes to the people's belief in superman and uh i just love that he's this huckster who keeps on coming back no matter what he's smart enough to always come back the next day to fight another day against superman and and it's a brilliant relationship. You know what I mean? It's a defining yeah. one. It's up there yeah. with, for me, it's up there with Batman and Joker. Obviously, mm -hmm. they, these are some of the two biggest good guys and bad guys we're talking about here. You know, mm -hmm. you have Batman, Joker, Spider-Man, Green Goblin, and Superman and Lex Luthor. There you go. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I totally know what you mean. God, and in fact, I would say that, uh, you know, Lex Luthor... He's bald. I mean, come on. <laughs> he's bald. Uh, I would say that Lex Luthor, if he... Because um, I am I only read a couple of the comics. I'm more mm -hmm. of a Marvel sort of comic kind of guy. Uh, so maybe you can tell me if there was anything where Lex did uh, attain, like, a super uh, strength or superpower. Of in, like, Superman. one of the... Yeah, of Superman, similar because it sort yeah. of kind of reminds me if he did, he would be like Homelander, you know, oh, a very yeah. corporate, corporate guy who's sort of the yearning for the symbol of hope. When in reality, he's not a symbol of hope. He's and a prick. Really, he's a prick. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are a couple different stories where Lex got powers, you know, to mm -hmm. to rival Superman not only in intelligence but strength. Uh, mm -hmm. He that he got that in Smallville. He got that in um, uh, well he in in recent comics he had a, a suit that helped uh, where he took oh, the yes, logo so. of Superman, and he, <laughs> he's just like yeah yeah you know. Uh, and there's this famous one in All Star Superman, which is a great book and an animated film by um, Grant Morrison, where by the end he develops a serum where he gets the power of Superman. And, but there's something a lot more deep and intelligent going on with that rather than him just getting the power, you know, because mm -hmm. it's easy to just have 
uh, Lex get the power and then they get into this big brawl, something like Man of Steel. But in All-Star Superman, he really does look at the world differently. He, he changes as a person, as a human being, because he has these powers that Superman has. And he realizes the amount of work it takes for Superman just to live day to day, not even, you know, save the day, right? Just living throughout it. And it's a really, really epic book, which I recommend to anyone who's not a big Superman fan. All-Star Superman, I think, is the book that most people need to read to get that uh, that that uh, stereotype of the character out of their head. You know, everyone has a stereotype. Oh, he's a Boy Scout, uh, underwear on the outside, uh, <laughs> cats and trees and stuff. All-Star Superman. But he laminates his undies with his name. <laughs> hey, man, that's just that's just good organization. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's good organization. But I feel like that book really does humanize him in a way that is very relatable to people, I think. More relatable than they know. So I recommend that uh, for everyone, you know? And, and there's even an epic part with Lex where he starts kicking the crap out of Parasite. He's like, you know, you see what my boot's doing to Parasite? It's what it's going to do to Superman. You know, it's epic. It's epic. So I recommend that to you, Brian. Of course. No, yeah. I love it. Uh, I love it when media sort of shows a very uh, humane or at least a somewhat solidarity side to villains. Um because it's very interesting, and I think that more the more people that you show the humanity towards villains, the more people will understand it. That's why, you know, I was going to say one example of, like, you know, showing humility towards a villain would be uh, Doc Octopus during the Sam, Ra uh, Sam Raimi trilogy, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Doc Ock over here, you know, with his... Oh, my my wife. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. <laughs> my, my wife. wife. I'm not gonna lie, I really like that. Uh, what that is this, Stevie Wonder he... as Doc Ock? <laughs> Stevie Wonder as Doc Ock. I was gonna say, I love that part where um, where Sam Raimi's sort of book of uh, Evil Dead sort of comes out where uh, the uh, the octopus arms start killing everyone. Oh, yeah, that scene is so cool. And that one guy tried to be Ash with the chainsaw. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. no, you ain't Bruce Campbell, bitch. you're going down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, a, that's a great point. And it's funny that you bring up Alfred Molina's version mm -hmm. of Doc Ock because he, he voices Lex Luthor in Robot Chicken. <laughs> and he's absolutely phenomenal as it. He's absolutely phenomenal. And you want him as a movie because Robot Chicken's obviously like the more the, played for laughs, but it makes you want to see him play Lex Luthor in real life. I was gonna say, yeah, I've been. Uh, I was watching. Uh, I was really into Robot Chicken when I was a little bit younger. But my favorite parts were the DC parts, where it showed Lex's daughter with Superman's oh, yeah. son. <laughs> with Superman. And they go to the beach and they have to fight Star uh, Stario or something. Starro. Like Starro, yeah. <laughs> and like, we need to work together, Superman. And Superman's just like all right i'll bring my okay, super speed my flight my strength and you bring your slightly above average intelligence <laughs> fuck you superman <laughs> okay should we break down uh the characters the depictions of lex Luthor? before we can talk about the future of this character in the dcu we have to set up where he's been who is this man right obviously Brian, are you ready to talk about some of these? I mean, versions? honestly, who is this guy? Who? <laughs> Let me be funny. Let me, <laughs> Let be, me be funny. Hey, folks. I'm going to be funny. 
<laughs> okay, so we got, first of all, we have from the Richard Donner films, Richard Donner and Richard Lester films, mm -hmm. Gene Hackman's depiction of Lex Luthor in Superman the movie, two, I don't remember if he was in three or not, but he is in four. This is an interpretation that's definitely more comedic. He had sidekicks like Otis and Miss Tessmacher. Uh, and though he was funny, he did have intimidating scenes and his plan in Superman the movie was pretty terrifying. So how do you feel about Gene Hackman's portrayal of Lex Luthor and the direction that character went into? Uh, well, personally, I actually thought it was very similar to um, Jack Nicholson sort of character mm -hmm. with uh, with the uh, Batman, Batman. Tim Burton Batman films. You know, I felt like it was a there was a sort of this sense of a maniacal, you know, the stereotypical maniacal laughter, um, yeah. the portrayal of being comically funny, but at the same time, comically cruel at the same time. I thought it was a pretty good uh, depiction. Uh, I felt like it was more more or less a little bit more for people like the Joker, mm -hmm. uh, but no real complaints about it. If I saw another uh, decrypt, another depiction of that again, uh, I'd be fine with it, you know, it'd be amazing. Yeah, uh, Lex Luthor, that was more, that had levity to him. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or at least charisma enough mm -hmm. to sort of wait, uh, show that their acting skill within the film is very like, oh, wow, this guy is, no, I just don't not want to hate him, but I don't want, <laughs> I do want to hate him, but at the same time, you know, this guy is very charismatic. I follow this guy, you know? Yeah, kind of similar to what you brought up earlier, Homelander. Mm -hmm. Yeah with that type of insane personality. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's perfect. And I love that you brought up the Jack Nicholson casting in Batman. This is very reminiscent of that, that mm -hmm. type of, that class of actor, right? Mm -hmm. Back then you have someone like Gene Hackman who would go on to, uh, you know, be an Oscar nominated and I believe winner. Um, and him going up against Christopher Reeves' Superman, it's classic, it's iconic, his suits were pimp. His ever-changing wigs were ridiculous and, and hilarious. <laughs> you know, the, the the very last moment of the first film where he takes his wig off, just it, it, it's like, it's me. <laughs> I'm here. I'm like Luther. I think that's hilarious. And he has some really amazing just quotes in that, you know, brings out the kryptonite. He's like, mm -hmm. little, little souvenir from the old hometown. <laughs> like, this guy's just a scumbag, dude. I love it. No, yeah, honestly, man. Well, you brought up the fact that this version was funny and that you were okay with seeing one with more charisma. Do you mm -hmm. think I've seen in the past, like in animated stuff, in uh, live action stuff, even where Lex Luthor was played for laughs for the most part? Do you think that that can be damning to a character that's supposed to be a threat to the strongest man on earth? Um, it depends on the context, you know, there's a lot of examples out there that has shown that it has not worked. Right. Um, for, I'm a, I'm going to take a real quick rant on this, uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'll explain my reasoning for the next one. Uh, uh -oh. for instance, uh, uh, Jared Leto's, uh, I mean, not Jared, Le I mean, yeah, Jared Leto's, that's the same. Jared Leto, Jared the Joker? Yeah, Jared Leto's right. the Joker, um, it doesn't work, uh, because it's just all maniacal and no... I mean, it's all laughter. There's no real maniacal intent or sort of like seriousness behind his character. Mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like, uh, even though I'm not a personal fan of the Tim Burton uh, Batman movies, I prefer Jack Nicholson because 
he has that serious motif. Everything that he says has weight to it. Even though it's funny weight, it has weight to it. Yeah. Uh, and Jared Leto is just out here, like the the goth emo kid from uh, <laughs> from uh, whatever that goth store is. Uh, oh, hot topic. It? Hot topic. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, yeah, but um, related to the question back with uh, why uh, with sort of taking this maniacal sort of charismatic viewpoint against or the even funny strongest man or even funny. Yeah, uh, I think it works. It's sort of saying how like even though that Superman has the strength you know, has the speed, has the power and stuff like that. This guy has the public. He's able to win over the entire media because he's so charismatic. People, uh, even though that he has no, even though he has no real sense of power, no sense of real morality or justice, he has weight behind his words because he's sort of, you know, it's like uh, many famous um, people out there who have had weight behind their words and stuff like that and who have gained a following because people were able to believe through their words that what they said was true and what they yeah. said was real. Even if what they said was even what they absolutely said was ridiculous. absolutely ridiculous yeah, or absolutely. harmful, <laughs> yeah. people, n- people had faith in them because they had faith in their own things. Yeah. They're just swayed. Mm-hmm. Swayed. Okay. Sweet. Uh, I would like to see a, a definitely a Lex Luthor that's more charismatic. You know, it has that uh, really that Homelander vibe is perfect. I think for a Lex Luthor, you know, I think that's why <laughs> the idea of Superman fighting Homelander is so perfect. Cause it's basically giving Lex power, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and hair <laughs> and hair, you know, Anthony Starr would actually be a pretty dope Lex Luthor. I'm not going to lie. Oh okay. yeah, totally. Yeah. The next Lex Luthor we have to break down is your boy, Kevin Spacey from Superman Returns. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) My boy, Kevin Spacey. House of Cards. It came crumbling down. Oh, man. Yeah. So, okay. This is not going to be easy to. This is going to be a little hard. Yeah. Um, This is a. Let's just talk about the version for now, right? Yes. A ver- this is a version of Lex that is pretty accurate in mm-hmm. terms of his anger, what he's willing to do. He has blatant xenophobia for Superman and, and aliens, the idea of aliens of any type. Uh, there were some mannerisms in his performance that I believe were homages to Gene Hackman because that whole movie is a is a spiritual successor to the Christopher Reeve stuff. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Kevin Spacey, I mean, back then, before we knew everything. Uh, before we knew his life. Right. <laughs> this man was. <laughs> I mean, he seems perfect for Lex Luthor casting. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect. He seems perfect for it, right? Mm-hmm. He played Grasshopper in Bugs Life. He tur- <laughs> turned out to be, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kaiser wait, be- Sozan. Wait, before in- you continue with that statement, you know what I have to say about that, Julius? Oh, which part? wrong <laughs> i'm sorry i had to make the meme it's uh it's a great meme uh, let me explain something to you <laughs> let me explain that the ants you, get the food the grasshoppers <laughs> eat the food, eat the food. <laughs> and the ants get nothing <laughs> uh, oh man i love that movie <laughs> but but you could see why kevin smacy would be casted for lex mm-hmm. Luthor, right no yeah definitely I mean, him and usual suspects, him and, uh, like I said, ants, uh, or not ants, uh, Bugs Life. Bugs, bugs Life. life. <laughs> usual suspects. Bugs, bugs life. life. You see where that casting would come from? 
Yeah, I can definitely see it. What did you think about Kevin Spacey's depiction of Lex Luthor in Superman Returns? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was, uh, I'm going to sound very repetitive. Uh, it, it did remind me a little bit of Jack Nicholson's performance, where, he, but in the sense of that Jack Nicholson is a great actor and stuff like that, I would say this, is that even though that Jack Nicholson, they're both great actors. Well, I mean, one is morally better than the other. Uh, <laughs> but besides from that point, I will say Kevin Spacey's character was perfect in the role of uh, on book, but actually watching the movie, it was really funny just to watch him go ham as Lex <laughs> Luthor. It was very fun. It was more funnier than the other Lex before, who was made to sort of have that perfect sense of uh, comedic value, where Kevin Spacey's character was sort of devoid of any comedic sort of presence, but was still funny because of the way how he sort of portrayed uh, a more realistic depiction of Lex Luthor. Well, he's definitely a character that is very explosive. I mean, there are parts where he's just screaming in Lois Lane's face and the kid's <laughs> face. He's like Wrong! laughing. Wrong! You know, like, uh, <laughs> but there are some pretty Wrong! dark, <laughs> some pretty dark moments with this character where oh, yes. he, he, shivs superman with some kryptonite he kicks mm -hmm. his ass he has his thugs beat him up like but say at that scene in the uh when i was watching at home i was like oh my god are they actually about to kill superman right now it's insane but then later on i found out oh if they just kill superman we'll just wait for him give him like one more comic book he'll come back. wait him to return <laughs> wait for him to return wait for him to return <laughs> right yeah so i believe that he got they got the look down with that mm -hmm. version of kevin or that version of kevin spacey that <laughs> version of lex luther um lex luther might just be kevin spacey i think he is actually did you see his youtube videos <laughs> uh he's literally trying to be lex luther in real life um, True. but i felt like they got the look down the presence was there i thought uh, he did really well against brandon Routh's superman mm -hmm. and um yeah, I thought he was good until he wasn't. <laughs> until he morally was a horrible human being. Until he was just. You but know, wait, Julius, it's fine because. Why? why? Because he's gay. Because you don't have anything? Because <laughs> no, you have no, nothing? No. <laughs> I have no evidence. No, it's just really funny. You just have I a weak ass defense. Right <laughs> no, when you're I mean, hey, he has a weak ass defense. No, I just really love that part where he's like, it's fine because I'm gay. <laughs> and it was like the most. I'm Lex. I'm Lex, actually. I, I'm, I'm Lex Luthor. Um. <laughs> you know, it's funny. He's trying to pull a Lex Luthor where we know like Lex has done so many terrible things, but he just keeps on coming back, <laughs> convincing the, pu the, the convincing public. Convincing the public, yeah. <laughs> he's a good rehabilitated I'm, I'm morally guy. right for you guys. I'm Trust all right. Me. I'm, a, I'm a good person. All right. Let's move on from that prick. Uh, let's <laughs> talk course. about Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville. Hmm. Ooh, this is one that is is next level mode, okay? So <laughs> I don't know if you watched Smallville, Brian. Did you? Uh, I never got to go around to watch Smallville. So I'm okay. not the best uh, person when it comes to sort of – I'm not – I'm going to be real. I'm not really into a whole lot of DC TV sort of stuff. Uh, well, Smallville is available on Hulu, so you can watch that shit Hulu. if you want. Perfect. I have Hulu, so I'll see I if I can Hulu. watch it. And the reason you should watch it, not only just because I love the show, but for 
the character if you don't you'll be kicked off you'll be kicked off but the character of lex luther is i believe a perfect depiction of this uh, of this character uh Mm -hmm. this is the most development he's gotten in anything i i i mean i don't know comics are obviously going to win that battle all the time but Mm -hmm. in terms of a live action depiction of lex this development i think was kick-ass it rivaled clark's development throughout the whole series it's a tragic story because he's someone who is pushed into villainy by his community lex has a father named lionel luther in the show and lionel screwed with his company he is screwed lionel richie that's his no father. shut the hell up not lionel richie hello no he said goodbye lionel <laughs> luthor he he has screwed smallville time and time again and that bad reputation went from the father to the son so the no son, one yeah. no one was willing to give lex a real chance right and from the very first episode he's trying to be a good guy the thing is he doesn't know how to do that he just instinctively he doesn't know how to be a good person, right? So he's fighting against his his nature of being selfish, of thinking about the bottom line, looking at people as objects on a chessboard. And Michael Rosenbaum is perfect in that version of the of the character. The character is an intellectual. He's smart. He's a master strategist. He, I mean, he's suspicious of Clark throughout the whole show. And there are some episodes where he goes full on Lex and it is epic. There's this one uh, episode, this one line that he says where he goes insane and he attacks the Kents and he's like, he's pointing a gun at them. And he's like, it's true, Mrs. Kent or Mr. Kent. I am the villain of this story. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm ready. Put him in a white suit right now. Put him in a right white suit right now. Dude. Uh, you know, He's a he he's a he's a genius and fear gets in the way of his morality mm-hmm. and he knows one of the coolest things about his character and about the show in general is that he knows that he and Clark are destined to become great men in the mm-hmm. future and that's one of the coolest things about Superman or er, in uh, Smallville is how they play with the mythology of Superman and really tease it you know really tease what's going to happen when they finally become those superheroes we're familiar with you know that's all I can say. That's how I, and I was going to ask if this was the best Lex Luthor of all time. And I'm going to answer it. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right. It is. There's no, there's no question for debate here, folks. Julius said it himself. That's right. And everyone's going to agree with it. Some people have, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they've made fan trailers of Batman versus Superman, where they took everything uh, of the movie, right? Aside from Jesse Eisenberg's Lex, Lex Luthor, and they replaced it with the Michael Rosenbaum version. They just did it. <laughs> okay? So that's your homework, Brian. You're going to start watching Lex Luthor, or uh, Lex Luthor. You're going to start watching Smallville, Smallville tonight. Yes, I'm saying, It's just tonight. Lex Luthor. Everything else doesn't matter. First episode, I guarantee you're hooked. I guarantee it. All right? <laughs> of course. Okay. Now this next I'll one, I have to check it out. There's a lot of shows I'm still missing. Well, Smallville's definitely there. All right, so we're gonna talk about the Supergirl version. John Cryer, Lex Luthor, played by John Cryer. So I don't know if you know anything about this version of Lex Luthor. Do you know anything about him? A little bit. I watched a little bit of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Okay, so how did you feel about Lex when you saw him in that? I was a little mixed. Uh, uh-huh. 
like you said, I have a little bit of a closer heart to uh, more of the animated uh, Lex Luthers and more than Justice Luther. Uh, I thought he was okay. Uh, yeah. I didn't really notice like a for like a I mean it was cool to see like more care because you know I this whole the CW you know of Green Arrow and the Flash and Supergirl Supergirl it's sort of like it has the Marvel effect you know you're like oh is there gonna be a reference to this character are we gonna get to see this character and when I watched the Flash I thought it was really cool to like watch King Shark and I was like oh my god this actually looked really amazing Gorilla Rod. so I thought it was like oh this is really cool I get to see Lex Luthor I get to see a depiction of him on TV, on through this sort of whole uh, cascade of characters all together. Uh, but then his performance sort of, it was okay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, the I wouldn't say it's the best Lex Luthor um, I would ha- have seen, but uh, for it being such a, you know, it's on a budget of yeah. TV and stuff like that. Uh, not, you know, I don't really think that a whole lot of people really watch the CW. Didn't I hear that they had to like, cancel another season of green arrow and stuff like that well they ended arrow and arrow 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 just came to an end and yeah yeah, the john crier version of lex luther is one that i think is very easy to hate on first Mm -hmm. i mean for for one thing they casted one of the guys from two and a half men so Mm -hmm. i could see why people would be like wait what the hell are you guys doing (laughs) what right i could see why that would happen however i think it is secretly brilliant casting because for one thing john crier he played lenny luther the the nephew of lex luther in superman 4 he worked with gene hackman right he you know he did that and for another thing right i think he's got the arrogance of lex down very well i think he does that very well in the show supergirl itself Uh, there are some moments scenes where he just goes through uh, completely jacked up guards uh, with these giant guns and he takes them out just with his intellect, with his cunning. And there are elements of his character that remind me of Khan from Star Trek. And I feel like what might be missing from him for one thing is a, a, a one-off versus Superman, right? He was introduced in Supergirl and he's more of a Superman villain. And I know they're doing that Superman show with him and Lois. So hopefully they bring that in more mm-hmm. uh, and they write Clark better, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so you can have a great rivalry there. You know, I want that rivalry. And when you have Lex in there without the rivalry of Superman, it's just weird. Like, why is he here? Perfect. I got to clean my face too. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I woke up so early this morning. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That microphone is so wide. What's up guys? Oh my God. Hey, what's up Angel? Angel, your, your microphone's hurting we're in the my middle of, <laughs> we're, we're in the middle of talking about Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Mm. We just finished talking about your boy, Michael Rosenbaum. And Love now him. we're talking about John Cryer. And I'm happy you're here. Uh, so before I ask you about John Cryer, because I was just asking Brian about John Cryer, I want you to establish very quickly how you feel about Lex Luthor, which one is your favorite, and why Michael Rosenbaum is the best. <laughs> I love Lex Luthor. I love that he's bald. I love that he's a businessman. I love that he's efficient. He's ruthless. I love that his whole existence has manipulated into a form of just getting revenge on Superman because he feels that his existence is uh, counterintuitive because the idea of a Superman 
really threatens. Um, I think just all the respectable stuff that Lex Luthor has done uh, as a human, he feels very limited and feels kind of worthless. So he becomes the ultimate villain that we don't underestimate. Um, that becomes very, very efficient towards the entire Justice League. I love Mike and Ro- Michael Rosenbaum. I think he was... There's just something about him that was just you like him, you don't like him. Uh, is is he a friend to Superman? It's it he he tiptoes along those lines throughout the entire ten seasons, which I think which I think makes him very fascinating. So I, I will always love that as my favorite Lex Luthor. I also think the DC animated series did a very good job with the character as well. Oh yeah, fantastic villain, uh, top three DC villains of all time for sure. Well, we're talking about John Cryer and <laughs> from Supergirl and Crisis on Infinite Earths. I showed you a clip. Brian just told told me about how he watched uh, uh, that version from uh, Crisis. Yeah. And yeah. I remember showing you a clip from uh, Crisis where he met up with Tom Welling's Superman. <laughs> and you laughed. You laughed right when uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> the moment he just shows up is like, don't you know, Clark? I'm like Sleuther. <laughs> and so when you first watched that, your first reaction was laughter. Why did you laugh when you saw Cryer's Lex go up against Welling's uh, Clark? I think because it was just so jarring. You know, he's known for his character in Two and a Half Men. Right. I've seen, I've seen <laughs> more episodes from that than I've seen from anything post Smallville on CW. So seeing him in that role was very hard to distinguish. Oh, you know, I, I, I'm familiar with Michael Rosenbaum. I'm familiar with the DC animated series Lex Luthor. I'm familiar with um, even Lex Luthor in the games and stuff like that. So seeing John Cryer in the role, it just it just felt really goofy to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the look, you know, the beard, um, the line delivery. You know, not not any not not to shame his acting or anything like that. I think it was mostly the writing and just because I wasn't really invested in the story, so it was out of context so when superman <laughs> says you're not lex like that's exactly yeah. how i felt you know yeah that's not lex yeah that's silly and then he punches him <laughs> yeah exactly um i you know i like the beard i don't know what it is i, I think the beard looks tough on him like he looks tougher than he have, has ever before in my opinion like um i brought up to brian how this version or this version this actor worked with gene hackman in superman 4 the quest for peace he played his nephew lenny luther so that definitely played into the casting of him in supergirl and it'll probably i hope it will influence the direction they go with his character in that upcoming superman show where it's superman and lois lane or lois and superman on cw and i brought this up and i'm curious how you feel about it I think the reason why that Lex is kind of non-threatening is because they started him off without the rivalry between him and Superman, right? Mm. He was introduced in Supergirl and they only talk about Superman from like the third person and he's barely in it and he's not introduced with his arch nemesis, you know? How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I think, I think when you're handling this character, you really have to establish the dichotomy between Superman and Lex Luthor immediately. As soon as Smallville starts, when you get that first episode, you know exactly what you're going to get. Yeah, you Brian. know exactly what that relationship is going to be like. <laughs> um, to me, that that is a masterclass in how you handle those two characters. You know what I mean? Lex, Lex is a respectable, self-made man 
and when he sees Superman, he sees them as somebody who has privilege that's never earned it. You know, so that's what kind of drives Lex Luthor to destroy him in a way, not just physically, but from an ideological standpoint. And that's what yeah. I think makes Smallville so that's what I think is one of the many highlights of Smallville is that relationship between Lex and Superman, because you get to see it uh, in detailed manner for 10 seasons. It's fantastic. Yeah. You hear that, Brian? I was just selling Smallville <laughs> to Brian right now. He's like, yes, I hear it, Julius. I have to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Tonight, dude, I told him the first episode, you're hooked. You're hooked. First episode, honestly. Yeah, you're going to lose your hair, Brian, if you don't watch it. Right. You're <laughs> going to go gonna home in an ambulance if you don't watch I'm it. I'm going to become Lex. <laughs> okay, speaking of what was missing from Lex Luthor, we're, gonna, we're catching up to the now. Oh, boy. Ooh, boy. Is that what I think it is? It's it's who you think it is. Animal mineral vegetable. No, get out of here. It's the tweaker. It's the sneaker. It's Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Ah. Luthor from Batman versus Superman and Justice League. Mm -hmm. So this depiction of the character was very Mark Zuckerberg-ish, and it makes sense why you you would cast Jesse Eisenberg to play a version of Lex that way, right? Um. So you guys have seen this version of Lex Luthor. You know what he's about. He has this uh, God complex. He wants to prove that men are equal to gods and he wants Superman to fight Batman while doing it. So how did you feel the first time you heard that Jesse Eisenberg was going to be cast as Lex Luthor? And then when you saw him in the film. Brian, you want to go first? Uh, I'm fine with I'm fine with uh, if you we both want to destroy this, but uh, you can go first if you wanted to, Angel. <laughs> okay, I remember when Mark Zuckerberg was cast. I was actually very excited because mm-hmm. I, I love him as an actor. I think he's fantastic in Zombieland and The Social Network. The Social Network, I think, is one of the defining pictures in American cinema from David Fincher. So when they cast him, I was like, okay, I think. Chris Terrio is going for Alex Luther. That is very Mark Zuckerberg ish. And I think for the new generation, I think that actually works well, especially for an updated take on Superman. Mm-hmm. So when I saw the film, I was like, okay, I'm getting exactly what I expected, but some of it just really doesn't feel like Lex, like Lex, especially the, the one that we've come to grow and know and, and love from the comics, from Smallville, from, you know, the DC Clancy Brown. Yeah. Clancy Brown, all yeah. that stuff like that. So just looking at him, he doesn't look or feel like Lex, but I actually think thematically, thematically, there were some interesting points with his Lex Luthor. I'm like, okay, I can definitely see the, the Lex mannerisms, um, the direction, at least. Yeah. The direction, at least. And also a lot of the dialogue, like, like you mentioned the God complex, I do Mm -hmm. feel like Lex as he, you know, falls into madness a bit more he would he would kind of question his own humanity in a way and and Mm -hmm. look at superman and think of him as um a deity that isn't all good and finds him as a contradiction himself and wants to prove that uh, to the world so i do feel like a lot of his dialogue um was lex ish but maybe it just wasn't enough Mm -hmm. how about you brian uh, well, I was going to say, similar to Angel, when I first heard uh, that uh, Jesse Eisenberg was going to be uh, Lex Luthor, 
uh, I thought, oh, okay, so they're going to be going in the same direction that they did with the social network. And honestly, I love the movie. Very great movie. I love Zombie Line. I love almost every single project that he's been in. He's very funny. Uh, he's very, you know, you know, not human in some things, you know. He's, uh, <laughs> uh, but with this movie, I felt that the writing didn't really fit him as well as a character. And, and I felt like him as a character didn't really fit well, more or less. Lex Luthor in this film felt more of an antagonizer more than a competitor of Superman. Mm -hmm. uh, he was trying to antagonize him more or less to uh, fight his own fights, you know, to uh, basically trick him into sort of manipulating his thoughts, his feelings, and how you, you know, how he loved Lois uh, in in this film. Um, <laughs> but I never, <laughs> but I never really felt that sense of that Lex and Superman were or fighting or never felt like right. Lex was the real villain, you know, in this movie, right. I felt that Superman and Batman, in both of their ways were the hero and the villain. Uh, they were the most, you know, it's Batman versus Superman, but I didn't really feel why was Lex there in the beginning, besides from just antagonizing them with, uh, with uh, Lois and with, uh, with moving the plot along. And then sometimes even stop the plot, which is having to, from this serious dark motif moments to just, uh, oh, you understand <laughs> the society <laughs> society society that and it felt really uh it felt jolly very Rancher. jarring <laughs> jolly roger yeah one thing that well, I, I, I i no go ahead angel go ahead sorry i was gonna say actually i i like that you say that he is more of like um someone who's trying to just put superman in a in a bad light rather than mm -hmm. trying to just completely compete with him and, and eradicate him um especially because lex when you think about him he's very politically he's very popular um you know with everybody his tactics are very uh insane when it comes to business and stuff like that and he is very ruthless he, he could care less about everybody else and just wants to uplift himself but i really liked their their explanation as to why lex hated superman in this film you know he was talking about like you know there's there's presence of gods and stuff like that but nobody prevented you know the the fury of fists from my father when I was a boy and stuff like that. Where, where was he basically when I was a kid and stuff like that. So I really like the, the, the root of hatred from his character um, from that standpoint emotionally. But um, yeah, I just, I mean, I thought he was okay. Julius, why are you laughing? Well, I'm, I'm just remembering a lot of the moments because we were talking about Gene Hackman. We're talking <laughs> about uh, Kevin Spacey <laughs> Kevin and Spacey. how they were, they had a lot of comedic elements to them that were, I feel like they were played to be funny, but unfortunately with this version of uh, Lex Luthor, they're trying to go so dark with the character and have him be so like, you know, like a jumping bag. Uh, it, it comes off as kind of comical at points. You know what I mean? Like when he's, he's, he's like throwing the photos and, and he's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like he's going up on stage and he's twitching his shit. It's like, I mean, I know that there's that eccentricity within like one percenters, right? That does, that type of thing does happen, but I don't know. I, it, it just, I agree. It didn't feel too much like Lex to me. And Angel and I have talked in the past about how they could make this feel more like Lex, you know, maybe mm -hmm. they're starting at a point where he's like, oh, this is just some billionaire. But how I mean, Michael Rosenbaum started like that, not like this specifically, but he became <laughs> Lex at a certain yes. point. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. 
evolved in the way that Clark evolved into Superman. And uh, I feel like that potential is there with Eisenberg's uh, depiction, you know? Yeah. I think it's just hard to evolve into that likes that we know because, you know, Jesse Eisenberg is just not that. You know, it's right. like it's like casting Christopher Mintz Plaza, the guy who plays McLovin and Superbad. <laughs> it's like casting him as Lex. And it's like, all right. Yeah, I see the I the eccentric weirdness. You know, <laughs> I, I see that. But it's just it's just not happening. Well, you it's know, basically like, what happened in Kick-Ass 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you cast Christopher Mintz Plaza as, as Robin or something, you know, in Kick-Ass 2. You ain't going to get Robin. I'm going to make... Make Superman pay for what he did to my family. You <laughs> shot yeah. my father with a rocket launcher. <laughs> no, yeah. I agree that physically it is hard to get that Lex vibe from him. Mm-hmm. Just because we've all been so... Inter- we know what Lex is to us. You know, yeah. like Lex is this uh, genius. He's charismatic. He eventually gets in a power suit to fight Superman. Do you guys see that happening with this version of the character? I don't know. I mean, there's been fan art of it, but it kind of, it does look kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It, it does look very odd, and I don't know. I I I I don't criticize it as in like is he Lex? Therefore, it's bad. I I, I look at it from what does he offer to the story, right. and is he compelling? And in some scenes, for me, the dialogue hit where I'm like, oh wow, that's very thought provoking and. Uh, very intimidating and stuff like that but like you said the comical moments i think kind of overshadowed the actual meaningful moments in which lex was like an actual threat to superman yeah hey man snyder cut snyder cut's gonna fix it <laughs> hopefully i will say when i first watched the trailer i thought this guy was the riddler and i was like oh okay this actually does work and <laughs> i think he on... was originally casted as yeah, the riddler. He was supposed that, to be, yeah he's that's supposed what i've heard him. that he was yeah. apparently supposed to be riddler or something yeah he's definitely riddler ish especially right i mean when you think about all the tactics he was using to manipulate both superman and batman mm-hmm. you know sending him the newspapers of batman like your family's dead ha huh? um <laughs> you know yeah martha. kidnapping kidnapping martha and stuff like that so it's like yeah he Why'd was you say your name riddler ish why'd you say the name <laughs> Put the lotion in the basket. i didn't know that name <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, and Paul Dano's gonna smash Riddler because you know we need that now. <laughs> <laughs> and and plus in this movie, you guys are absolutely right. He Lex was the guy who was like, "Hey, you hear what he said about your mama?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he was that he, guy. He was the instigator for sure. Right. Right. Okay. So I'm a playground bully. He was definitely the instigator, but Lex has to be somebody that Lex has to be like another protagonist in yeah. the story. I think. I actually do have to get going right now because right, I have well, that AGS meeting. Get the hell out so, of here then. So I think it's, <laughs> I think it's only going to last for five minutes. So when it ends, uh, I'll just send you a message. So okay. if you want me to come back or, or not okay. or something like that. I will not, but uh, no, no, <laughs> I'm, go I'm ahead. actually getting kicked <laughs> off the show. Yeah, get out of here. All right, well, very nice talking with you boys. I'll see you in a right. while. I'm, I'm going to bring up some of the voice actors who have played this character. Okay. We have Clancy Brown. We have uh, recently Giancarlo Esposito. Who voices him wow. in Harley Quinn? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's a, and that's a, a very played for laughs version of the character, and it's hilarious. Uh, we have Rain Wilson, who's Dwight from The Office. Wow, he, he voices him in those uh, connected films, like the the Deaths of Superman, the Reign of the Superman. Mm-hmm. He voices likes in those. We have James Woods, who voiced him in Justice League Action. 
We had Powers Booth, who rest in peace. We have Jason Isaacs, Alfred Molina in Robot Ooh. Chicken. And I mean, the list goes on. You need a certain level of class when it comes to Lex Luthor. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. And, and so which one of those voice actors is Lex Luthor to you? I think of Jason Isaacs immediately. Jason Isaacs is, is such a great actor, whether we're talking about the Harry Potter franchise or his work in The Patriot against Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah, He plays one of the British uh, that just slaughters the entire um, entire families. And he's just so sickening. You love to hate him. You actually hate to hate him in that movie because he's so horrible, man. <laughs> Seriously, he's like worse than Homelander from The Boys. <laughs> if you watch The Patriot, you'll understand what I mean. Jason Isaacs. Well, it's only because he has that British accent. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just so damn villainous, man. Yeah. But yeah, I like what you said. You definitely need a, a certain level of class to play Lex Luthor. And Jason Isaacs, I'm pretty sure if he shaved his head, he would, he, he would definitely embody Lex Luthor for sure. To he a would T. kill it. And you know, it's funny. He recently voiced Superman in Red Sun, the animated film. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's perfect. He if you're going to get... If you're going to get like an alternate Superman, one that maybe leans to uh, the more villainous side. Yeah. There's a reason why they casted him. The communist regime with mm -hmm. Superman. You get Jason mm -hmm. Isaacs to play that. Imagine that in live action. What? Yeah, that's yeah. great. I mean, all those other actors you listed too are amazing. Alfred Molina, uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Like if, if they wanted to cast him as Lex Luthor, I'm completely down. Oh, Giancarlo. You know, it's funny in the boys, he's basically that character. Yeah. And I think that shows the meta quality to the boys casting because yeah. they're just like, those dumb they didn't cast this guy as Lex Luthor. Yeah. Let's bring him over here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's because he, he really is Lex. He is yeah. somebody who's working behind the scenes and manipulating these superheroes from a business standpoint, marketing standpoint, um, working them, controlling them from the the eye of the public yeah you know absolutely I mean? and and that's very interesting and and that's something that we should see as an antagonist for these superhero movies yeah you know, get somebody who's like nick fury but on the completely other side of that end mm -hmm. yeah and uh one of the best lines in my opinion from that character edgar in the boys he says, um, you are under the misinterpretation that we are a superhero company. We are not. We are a pharmaceutical company. Exactly. Like, yeah. God perfect. damn. Yeah. Perfectly sums them up. Yeah, that's perfect, dude. So what do you think the future for Lex Luthor looks like? This can be either the DCEU version. This could be something else, a reboot. What do you think it looks like? Well, the way I see it with this Flash movie coming up, I really do see the Flash movie, whether they confirm it or not. I do see it as like a reset button mm -hmm. for a lot of the stuff that they had. I, I do see them continuing Zack Snyder's vision uh, through his Snyder cut uh, in its own tangent universe. They're just not going to be worried about continuing it with the main DCEU, but with like Aquaman, Jason Momoa, Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot, Ezra Miller as the Flash. I think they're going to continue the main DCEU storyline with them when they reset everything with the timeline. And with that, I think we'll get a new Lex Luthor. Ooh, and with a new Lex Luthor. New, uh, <laughs> yeah, just a completely new uh, Lex Luthor. I'm not sure if Jesse Eisenberg is going to be interested in continuing that character for five plus movies. Look, 
if you're starting a shared universe, you got to lock these actors down for more than at least six pictures, I would say. Right. You know, you're starting a, a an entire shared universe. You're going to need actors that are going to be lively when it comes to playing these characters and looking forward to the future. I'm playing this character for a certain amount of years. Okay, here's my dedication. Here's my commitment. I just don't see Jesse Eisenberg being interested in playing him again. Yeah, and I don't want to say anything personal about Eisenberg. I don't, obviously, I don't know him, but you see him at like the uh, Comic Con when they were announcing uh, the uh, the Batman versus Superman film. They had the cast there, and and <laughs> it, he just seemed a bit uninterested, you know? <laughs> you know, he just like there's a part where uh, Gal Gadot says, I'm very excited to represent women and all that. And he's in between Amy Adams and Gal Gadot. And, and all the people are <laughs> clapping in the audience and he's just, he just looks like this. <laughs> you know? uh, I, but I, I don't know what the future is. I, I think it depends on what's going on in that Snyder cut, whether they do continue this Legion of Doom stuff, because I mean, he came back for that. Right. So there must be yeah, some, true. there must be some level of interest for on his part, yeah. you know? Or maybe a paycheck. I mean, a lot. We're going to see a lot of actors. We're going to see a lot of actors, a lot of A-list actors jumping on board to do a lot of these superhero films. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, with the entire pandemic uh, still going on, very rampant in, in Los Angeles, you know, they got to make money. So we're right. going to be seeing a lot of casting choices. I mean, I think it's what influenced Oscar Isaac a little bit to to hopefully take on Moon Knight, you know, working with the MCU during this time. Okay, get your bag. I understand. Um, especially when you see how disinterested he was during the interview process of the of rise Star of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you would think, <laughs> oh, maybe he's kind of fatigued from working with one Disney two Star Wars three dealing with fandom and stuff like that. So I think we'll see a lot of actors actually jump on board to the MCU DC ship to make that money. What's funny is that you brought up how you need to lock these people in like at the very beginning. Yeah. And Marvel has been criticized a lot over the year, over the past decade of being this, you know, chart board, everything's planned. Uh, there's, it feels like a machine. I remember Elijah Wood once saying uh, on a movie fight, it's like, I see the machine of Marvel and, and I, and I'm thinking, well, look what happens when you don't plan. Right. Mm -hmm. You worry mm -hmm. what about, yeah. Lex Luthor coming back, you know, yeah. you get to end game because you plan, you know what I mean? Yeah. There, I don't believe there's any problem with planning that way. No, there is no problem. It was the first of its kind and it was handled in a very efficient and sophisticated way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want to lock these actors down. What if one of them starts demanding, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> after right. like the, the fourth picture when they didn't even really believe in it in the first place, then you'll get a scenario with, Robert Downey Jr., if you don't give me $40 million just for appearing in Civil War, I ain't going to be in it. And they had to do that. So they really have to think about it from a narrative point of view, which is always the priority for MCU. I don't understand. I really, I honestly, for the love, for my life, I can't understand how someone would watch the entirety of the MCU and not think to themselves, wow, with the franchise this enormous, with an ensemble like this over the span of 10, like more than 10 years, how can you not see that the priority has always been story for me when I watch the MCU, what stands out to me is not the machine of it, not the corporation behind it, not the studio heads behind it. It's the artistry. It's the storytelling of the voices that they all got to collaborate with one another. 
that's the beauty of the MCU. Otherwise, I wouldn't give a damn about it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't look at the MCU like Transformers franchise. You know what I mean? There's a significant oh. difference. There's a significant difference if you watch them. Yeah. We, we remember the MCU for the for the characters, for the emotional moments. We don't remember it for the product placement. We don't remember it for, you know, the 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 cog in the machine that's lost. And we just we're just so distracted by it. No, we're focused in the story, which is why we think, you know, Endgame is just one of the most climatic moments in cinematic history ever. Climaxed. Yeah. So I really, I really don't understand it. I really don't understand it. If you want to tell a story, if you have a vision, we want to do a cinematic universe with these Marvel heroes that spans more than 10 years. Yeah. You're going to want to lock down your actors, right? You need to, you know, if one of the actors have to be there for the long haul. Yeah, exactly. Cause it could affect the story. I mean, it was kind of jarring to see John Cheadle appear in Iron Man two. Don Cheadle. Yeah. You said John Cheadle. Oh, sorry. Don Cheadle appear in Iron Man 2. Right. And Terrence Howard bounced. You know, I was kind of on Terrence Howard's side on why he bounced because he 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 noticed that Downey Jr. was getting way more um, than him for returning, which, I mean, you know, I guess Robert Downey Jr. kind of deserved a bit more. Well, he's Iron Man. Yeah, he's Iron Man. He's definitely the lead character. Hey, man. but was maybe, my stack, man? <laughs> we don't know what was in that contract and stuff like that. But he left, he bounced, and then they had to recast. And it's it's very jarring. But good thing the writing and the character work was still at an elite level. Otherwise, yeah, we got over it. Yeah, otherwise it would be a, a pretty big problem. Still, it would still yeah. be pretty big. I mean, in Iron Man 3, there's that part where Downey says, uh, man, I remember when you found me in the desert. It's like, I don't think that was him. <laughs> I don't think that was him. You know? Exactly. Uh, I, okay. So I'm going to ask you, do you think that what is more likely? Seeing Eisenberg come back for Lex Luthor, which we are going to see that, but like recurring is what I mean. Recurring Eisenberg is Lex Luthor in this universe or a solo movie of Lex Luthor in the style of a Joker film. 100%. I think we'll get that Joker styled Lex Luthor film. When I was watching interviews on Todd Phillips and his pitch for this, it was black label. Yeah. It wasn't just a pitch for DC characters under the black label. He said, there's a potential for several DC characters to be handled in the way that I handled Joker. And in my mind, I'm thinking Mr. Freeze. I'm thinking, Lex Luthor. And I think those are perfect characters to do that. I think you need somebody like that. I would just hope that there would be the presence of superheroes in that Lex Luthor film. You know, if it is Superman in the distance and and he doesn't get much screen time, that'll be fine. I just care about the character work for Lex. Yeah, I think that would be incredible. I mean, there's the in the way that there's the Brian Azzarello Joker's book, there's the Lex Luthor Brian Azzarello book where it's from his perspective how he looks at Superman why he doesn't like Superman I mean why he hates Superman and I feel like that would be a perfect place to take from you know and yeah. also redefine the character in a way that Joker was redefined you know mm-hmm. and what's funny is that I bet if we did get this Lex film that was even if it was set in the same world as the Joker film with Joaquin I'm I'm almost positive that we would get the complaints. Oh, well, it's not really a Luther film. Yeah. You know, because Superman's not in it. Yeah. Hopefully not. I mean, for me, what would make a Lex Luthor film, a Lex Luthor film mm-hmm. is one to have Lex Luthor in it. Right. You know, and examine the character 
with complete detail. That's what Joker is. The Joker is a Joker movie. You're dealing with a character who is one, goes insane. Two, is like a clown. And three, is named Joker. It, mm-hmm. It's a damn Joker film. Um, with Lex Luthor, I just need to see somebody who... I need to see somebody who has an enormous amount of power and doesn't utilize it to help humanity at all. Yeah. That's the difference between Lex and Superman. Superman has all these gifts and he maximizes them and helps the entire world. Lex doesn't. Lex is just fixated on taking down Superman because he feels that he just feels purposeless with the presence of a Superman. So he's because of his pride he wants to eliminate that out of the equation. Yeah. I, I also, I think he's fixated on the idea of helping people, you know, rather than the action of it, you know? Mm. And, and I think killing Superman. Oh, okay. Hold on. Sorry. Um, this meeting will end in 10 minutes. Okay. Um, I, excuse me. I think killing Superman represents helping humanity to the fullest extent in his mind, you know? And that would be really fascinating for a character study in a film in the way that we got Joker. I hope that what Todd Phillips is talking about is not just Batman centric villains. Mm-hmm. Lex would be a great, I, I think he should be the next one in my opinion. And we can finally could finally get Brian Cranston to play that role. Cause that would be epic. That wouldn't be epic. That you would know? be so epic. I mean, that's perfect casting. I yeah. love Brian Cranston. And when people were, fan casting him as Lex for BVS I gotta be honest I was getting hyped about it I know a lot of people were like nah that's just too on the nose and it's like nah that's so uninspired to me I was like look we want the best actor for the for the role yeah he's the one he's the one even Brian Cranston himself was uh he said something like oh what just because I'm a bald guy it's like come on man (laughs) Sell yourself, dude. That would be freaking epic. He doesn't even have to. He doesn't You're bald, even, you might as well, bro. <laughs> you know, he doesn't even have to be bald uh, for the movie. And yeah. I don't. I, I'd be fine if, in the way that Arthur got his Joker makeup, he goes bald by the end of the film. You know. Yeah, I you agree. Know? And he screams like in that one episode where he's like in the cellar, um, in Breaking Bad, <laughs> when uh, when Skyler gives the money to Ted. <laughs> Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Superman standing over him. He beat him at the end of the day. (gasps) I love that episode of Breaking Bad because in that one moment, that one scream, you get to see the combination of Hal and Walter White. (laughs) That's proof that it's actually a a prequel to Hal. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly, man. So I just hope they cast a really strong actor for Lex Luthor. I personally see... When I think of Lex in terms of like charisma, ruthlessness, mm-hmm. just a jerk, rude, you know, <laughs> jerk. but admired by the public. I, I really do see Bradley Cooper in the role. Oh, wow. especially That'd especially when considering how transformative he was in A Star is Born. I think he's a really great actor. I don't know if you've seen Silver Linings Playbook. I think he is phenomenal yeah, I've seen in that. that. I think he's phenomenal in that. When he has those bursts, those moments of rage in that movie, those are glimpses of Lex, especially if, if he loses his cool in like a board meeting or something, you know, like I, I want to see that. I, I want to see that for sure. I, I think Bradley Cooper could do it. He was the producer on Joker. He's worked with Todd Phillips before yeah. in The Hangover. He could have the hair. 
or he could shave it off. I think he would give us a, a memorable Lex Luthor. The, you know, that reminds me completely of him in the uh, the movie where he's with Robert De Niro. Faster, is that what it's called? Limitless. Limitless. It, limitless. Uh, it reminds me of that. Reminds me of uh, American Hustle with him mm. in it. Uh, he's fantastic. He, he would be really perfect for Lex Luthor. And he makes sense why he would uh, be that, you know? Yeah, he's great. I I... I... I love him as an actor for sure. I love his upbringing. I love that he started in those classes and, you know, made it. He made yeah. it. Uh, he's also fantastic in American Sniper. He is fantastic in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those close-ups that Clint Eastwood had on his face, the um, intensity in his eyes, that's something you want for Lex. You just want someone who you just can't keep your eyes off of. Can't keep your eyes off him, man. And who who would you get as his Superman? Um, I, I've always wanted to see Matt Bomer as Superman. Right. I, I look at Matt Bomer, um, and I just he just looks so genuine and, and kind, and um, he just has this presence that's very um, just energetic and, and magnetic too at the same time. So I I would love to see him against Bradley Cooper for sure. That'd be nuts. I think John Hamm would be a dope Superman against Brian Cranston as Lex <laughs> Luthor. Oh man, that'd be scary. Yeah. You know, John Hamm, as great of a Superman he could be too. I, I think he could be a great Lex as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have him play both. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I'd see that, man. I'd see that. Now, let me ask you a bit, uh, something. Let me, let me ask you something a bit political. Because uh, Lex Luthor in these comics, famously, and even at the end of Smallville and Justice League Unlimited, he ran for president. Do you think that DC would take that story, especially right now, you know, and go with it? Do you think that that would be a smart idea for them? Not a great idea, too on the nose. And what exactly, if they did go with a Lex running for president film, what would you want to see? I definitely think they would do it and they should do it because I mean, that stuff can clearly happen, you know, right. Uh, <laughs> it, it happens in our world where people who are irresponsible and careless and don't have, um, you know, people as priority um, as an entirety, they can abuse their power, especially in, in those leadership roles. And clearly anybody, anybody can be president. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? So it, it definitely would be a, a great cautionary tale of what happens when, uh, someone like that holds office and, and the consequences of that and and how to rebuild from that. You know, there's always a there's always hope and there's always people combating evil and and, and, and just uh, rudeness and ugliness and stuff like that. So they definitely should. I'd, I'd love to see it when they did it in Smallville. I was like, wow, they actually did that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, what I would love to see, I'd love to see the white suit the white suit on him, I think would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. But also I would just love to see how he would run things for a bit. Um, he's not like Dr. Doom where the way he's running things, yes, could be seen as malicious, but it's actually what separates Dr. Doom and Lex Luthor is Dr. Doom actually has um, good intentions for his people and actually does a very effective job. 
I like hey, what man, you said he about got, Lex. He got, he got the trains running on time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like what you said about Lex. He's somebody that is fixated on the idea of helping people, but never meets the actions right. um, with the words. That's Dr. Doom. That's not Lex. Lex is somebody who just, he, he just cannot, his actions don't speak, don't, they don't match his words. So it's right. just not going to occur at all. Um, so I'd love to see a movie examining that and what happens when those actions don't meet the words and um, how devastating it can be for an entire country. I agree. I mean, you could easily look at these past four years for inspiration and the years leading up to it for inspiration, mm -hmm. yeah. um, not just to single out what's going on right now, but you could look at a dialogue regarding voting since that's such a big thing this election season. Everyone's being told to go vote. You could have the dialogue about whether that makes a difference in the long run, especially with superpowered people. I agree. Running around, you know, doesn't voting matter when someone like Superman could come in easily to the White House and burn the place down, kind of similar to what Batman was saying in BVS. Mm -hmm. But I think that a movie like a Lex Luthor film could really get you in the first person seat of government in a superhero driven world, you know? Yeah. It would be really fantastic. Politics are supposed to unite us. They're supposed to allow us to get to a point where our beliefs uh, come to agreement, especially because we are all in collectives and in tribes and stuff like that. So hopefully this movie would encourage that uh, mm -hmm. while also showcasing the ugliness of that and how it increases political polarization and stuff like that. You're really crazy, man. And I think that it would be another example as to why superhero stories are not just about the action, about the visual effects. They're about the story. They're about the character and they're about reflecting on what's going on in our world, right? Always. In they the way that Joker been. did, you know? Yeah. They always have been. That's even, the, the, that's the reason for the birth of comics in itself as, you know, um, commentary and, and hope for soldiers in the war and stuff like that. So they've always had um, hints of political commentary in there as well, which is, why we love to see them in our comic book here, here uh, in our comic book movies. Beautifully said, man. Beautifully said. That comes to an end with the Lex stuff. I want to thank you. I want to thank Brian. This was fun. Lex is a great, in my opinion, he's the big baddie of the DC universe. Yeah. And, but that might be arguable because next month we're going to be talking about Dark Side ending this year of <laughs> villainy. We're going to be talking about the one. Nah, he is the one, bro. We'll, we'll, he, we'll figure it out. One. We'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. The GOAT Podcast is proof you don't have to look any further for movie news, reviews, trailer reactions, or special discussions. Subscribe, get notified about what's going on, and I promise you'll be entertained by our daily content on YouTube. If you want more, we're on Twitter at GOAT Film Podcast, Instagram The GOAT Podcast, and The GOAT Movie Group on Facebook. Get connected with us, see what's happening, and make sure to love it while you're doing so. Thank you.